Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gen Z Frenzy, the podcast that ensures that no one's voice gets lost in our informationally supercharged world. Lately, we've been talking about the past, from 2020 all the way to the dark ages. It is time to turn a new page, so to kick off 2021, we will begin our new series, Career Day. In this series, we will interview different people with unique professions to shed a little light on their personal experiences and also to share a little wisdom to the anxious teens rounding the bend to adulthood. You may not discover your dream job in these conversations, but I hope you learn something new from their stories. In today's episode, I will begin by talking to a recent college graduate about his personal career searching journey that led him to his first job. for joining me today. I just want to ask you a few questions about your experiences as a recent college graduate. But first, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Nicholas. I uh, grew up in Chicago, uh, went to Walter Payton for high school um, before attending Harvard as part of the class of 2020. Um, There, I studied economics. I took a gap semester my junior spring to work in Asia. And so that delayed my graduation by half a semester. So I ended up graduating in December. And I I did a variety of internships in college. I worked in Malaysia, Sri Lanka. uh, But my most recent uh, internship was with Boston Consulting Group as a summer associate. And I would be joining them full-time in their Boston office in May of next year. First off, congratulations. And that's very impressive. So you did a lot of jobs or internships even before you graduated, right? Yep. Which one would you say was the most memorable? Honestly, I think I have a two-part answer to that. I think one, the most memorable in terms of just something I looked back the most fondly was my freshman summer. So my freshman summer, I I know that freshman spring came along and not many people were thinking about internships. And traditionally, most people don't do internships freshman year. It's because naturally, it's quite difficult to convince a company to hire a freshman. But last minute, one of my friends who was a sophomore at the time told me of this new business school, actually, that uh, was opening up in Malaysia uh, in collaboration with MIT's business school, the Sloan School of Business. And so within like a month or so, I had a call with my potential boss. Uh, She ended up extending me an offer. And then I flew to uh, Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of, or the largest city in Malaysia. And I spent about 10 weeks there. And I think the reason that was the most memorable was because it was me being completely dropped in a new environment. And I know people say that when you go and when when you go to college from from high school, especially if you didn't go to boarding school in high school, it's a mm-hmm. completely new experience. You just get a breath of independence. But I would say that I, I felt it way more so when I had to adapt to the work culture, li- living life, the living standards, and, and and everything of Malaysia. And I just had one other friend I knew in the country and a few colleagues to kind of work with. And it ended up being like an absolutely amazing experience in terms of just self development. For 
from a career wise, I'd say it's not definitely not the top internship there, but just in general, from like a personal standpoint, I would say it's definitely the one that's most memorable. For me. So when you were in Malaysia, was there any difficulty with the language barrier or was it simply you just had to learn to adjust to the different culture there? So I'd say there's both. So the school I worked with, it's called the Asia School of Business. I, I think the full name has like a in collaboration with MIT Sloan after. And because of its unique position as a relatively international business school, English was the working language there. And, and you'll notice this to be the case in a lot of countries, especially companies that are more internationally focused. So if I was working at a local Malaysian company, I'd say that's different. But because this was a, was a business school kind of targeting applicants from all around the globe. English was the language. Almost everyone knew how to speak English and actually spoke it very, very well. I would say pretty much fluently, or at least to a business fluency. And from a cultural perspective, I think on the same note, because so much of it was international and a lot of the other employees were also not local Malaysians, a lot of them were actually American as well. There was less of that type of barrier. Naturally, because it was in Malaysia, there, there were some cultural traditions. For example, just in general, like the idea of like more of a hierarchy structure or uh, just a fun one is on Fridays, we actually get a two hour uh, lunch break, uh, which, which I couldn't complain about just because certain Malaysians had to spend that time on Friday praying. So going to Malaysia was not only a moment for you to grow at, in terms of career, but also just grow in your awareness of the world we live in right now and understand the more diverse aspect of culture and human relationships. Yeah, I think that's a really a uh, great way of putting it. So for anyone interested or thinking of traveling abroad for school or for work, do you have any tips for them? Or is it mainly just networking and getting to know other people? Yeah, so I think the idea of getting to know people is very important. I see. Though networking can be kind of challenging at first. What are some reasons you can think of that someone might want to go through this process? I think there is almost no drawback of spending a summer or two internationally, as long as you, you have some forethought of what you want to get out of it. Or even if you have a summer to spend and you want to go somewhere new that you wouldn't otherwise, my biggest piece of advice is really just trying to make the most of your experience there. I know I, I know quite a few friends who go to foreign countries for a summer, but they really kind of stick to their own comfort bubble. So we have a term for like expats. So those are foreigners who end up living in a foreign country. So in Malaysia, there was a pretty significant expat population there. Had some friends who just, for example, would only hang out with those types of people and only eat in Western restaurants, which is very doable in most countries just because of how far reaching the, the cultural influences are. But I think the most rewarding parts of my experience, and I think this would be the case for most, is really taking that extra leap, trying to actually get to know the local language, the local culture, and getting to interact with the people who actually live in that country. I mean, if you're going to fly halfway across the world, you might as well give it a shot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a waste of a plane ticket. Mm -hmm. How did you decide that you wanted to become a consultant? Because I know a lot of people are not quite sure on what career path to take. And sometimes it can be a little bit daunting when entering college. To know what path to take. Yes. What's what's funny is that I would say one of the biggest pulls for people who end up joining consulting is it's a great career for people who have no idea what they want to do afterwards. And, and I, I'd say it's kind of on two parts. One, similar to college, I, I would say that it's in a certain sense, uh, extension after college where 
You're working on a multitude of cases to gain business experience. And it's a brand on your resume in, in the same way a good high school or a good college is, where for most jobs after you decide to leave consulting when you do, most jobs, I would say, would not look down on you for doing consulting for a few years. If not, it's only an added benefit to your resume. So in, in that sense, consulting actually opens more doors. So in the assumption that if you do discover what you want to do later in the future, whether that's entrepreneurship, academia, or going to law school, that consulting can only do good for that career. For people who find it daunting, like you mentioned, to kind of decide on a career path right after graduation, consulting offers that ability to pad your resume a bit more, get a few more opportunities opportunities and, and kind of build yourself and your skill set so that you'll be able to capitalize on a career path once you decide it. And kind of the second aspect of consulting that I'd say also kind of promotes that, and both of these are all two of the stronger reasons why I decided to join, is uh, the way consulting works is that you're assigned cases. These are anywhere between four to even half a year engagements where you're placed on a team with a few other people and you're assigned a certain project per se, where you're tackling a difficult business question for a type of client. And so both the type of question you're solving, as well as the client and the industry the client is in is going to vary. And that's going to give you the ability to get exposures to a wide variety of industries and a wide variety of different questions. So just to give you one quick example, this past summer, I worked with a large industrials company that manufactures really, really large machinery. And, and this is something that I, I think 99% of college students will have no idea about any type of company. And I know I didn't when I went in, but we were taking a look at understanding if it was correct to sell a part of this company to another large industrials company. And I, I would say these types of questions, although seem quite daunting, I think consulting does a great job of teaching you how to break that type of stuff down. Just to conclude, I know that's a bit of a long-winded answer, but the reason why I think consulting is so attractive is one, it gives you optionality and especially a way to kind of delay that pivotal decision of what you want to do after college as your first job. And two, it kind of allows you to have more flexibility and understanding what is out there, what different projects, what different problems, what different industries, so you can better make that decision when the time comes of what you want to end up doing. So consulting is like a big team project that works on problem solving for different companies and industries in different scenarios. Yes, exactly. So if it's so heavily based on the sort of idea of teamwork and working with another human being, I bet right now with COVID-19 and social distancing, that's become a whole new challenge that the industry hasn't had to face before. Do you mind talking about that a little? Yeah, that's that's very insightful. And, and that's exactly the case. So for me, my, my past summer, I actually had to handle this. And I have to kind of give the disclaimer that I've never actually worked a consulting job back when consulting was normal. So most of my perspective is going to be based off talking with associates and people a few years older than me who have worked and gotten both sides of the picture. But I guess to start off for me, I think all the major consulting firms, and, and I know there are a lot of them, but I guess I'm talking about the, the, the relatively larger ones, I'd say have all done a pretty decent job of shifting over to a virtual setup where pretty much everything is conducted over Zoom. Uh, we use Slack with, for uh, messaging and we use 
Zoom for any type of meetings or client calls or client meetings and that sort of things. And I'd say the transition has worked pretty well in terms of like the actual industry. I know that the, the firm that I work at is actually seeing increase in profits during COVID, which is quite surprising during a time where the economy was really struggling. But then again, you really do miss, like you said, so accurately and perceptively, you do miss a lot of that interpersonal element, which I think is a huge draw of consulting. In the end of the day, most people in consulting aren't consulting are people, people, a people per a persons, and that's the way you develop relationships. And that, that's something I definitely saw that I lacked in the summer. And I'm just hoping that before I joined full time, there would be a type of solution that would be uh, allow me to go back into the office safely. I think there are two possible vaccines, but in terms of widespread distribution, from what I've read in the news, that won't be available until late March, early April. But fingers crossed, we're getting there eventually. <laughs> If you were to go back and tell your past self about where you are now, what do you think is the most important piece of advice you would tell them after going through all this? That's a good question because I think that if I was in a position where I was five years later in my career and I can kind of see the impact that these few pivotal decisions of like my first job after college Mm -hmm. what it leads to it, I would have a lot more insight to say. But honestly, at the end of the day, I would tell myself to worry less about what my first job out of college was actually going to be. I'd say that I think for me, I started thinking about it quite early and jumped around. And that's part of the reason why I did a significant more amount of internships than average, just because that was a big question that was just looming over me and kind of constant reminder that I would have to decide sooner or later. But as long as you choose a first job that you enjoy and you think is going to help you in the long run, I think that your career path is it's like a marathon. And th this is like only the first 100 meters. And a few years ago, I would have thought it to be like the end all be all kind of in the same way I thought of college as the end all be all once you get into it, you're good college, you're kind of set, but then you realize that there's just so many more decisions, not one decision for the most part, is not going to kind of dictate how the rest of your life is going to go. You're always going to have chances to kind of pivot, transfer and, and kind of adjust and adapt. Mm -hmm. That would apply to, I think, every aspect of life. For a lot of people, we're starting to think about which colleges we want to go to, but then it's also balancing this idea of where do you want to go? Plus with COVID, it's what colleges are looking at and colleges right now aren't looking at SATs or AP. So it's just, it's changing the whole status quo and the rubric people typically grade a person on when looking at whether you will be accepted or not and ultimately your future, or at least part of it. Yeah, I mean, I remember senior year, like people were so stressed about colleges and where they wanted to go. And if people got multiple offers, they were deciding between a few and like from the friends I still keep in touch with, like at the end of the day, everyone turned out fine. It didn't actually matter that much which college people went to. If they were going to do well, they were going to do well no matter what. Mm -hmm. So just make a decision. It's not the end of your life. Yeah. There are a lot more other decisions you can make that'll turn your life in another direction that you can predict. Personally, I'm still kind of nervous about the future, even though I still have a while before I even have to worry about application, but we're getting there. And I guess it's always just going to be a looming sense until we get it over with and realize it wasn't that big <laughs> of a deal, right? Yeah, I think it's easy for me to say kind of having done all of it already. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. This was very insightful. I learned so much from talking to you. Well, I'm honored that you chose <laughs> to, to interview me. <laughs> of course. It's my belief that experiences are meant to be shared. No one lives life for themselves after all. So thank you so much for joining me again. Well, 
Ashran learned a lot from that conversation, and it feels as if a heavy burden has been lifted off of me as well. It's nice and comforting to hear from someone so successful and with so much experience that these big decisions like going to college or choosing a first job don't set your life's path in stone. Everything is fluid and as the world evolves and changes at an unnaturally faster rate each generation, we have to be flexible which is relieving in some ways and simultaneously poses a new challenge for us. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to the very first episode of Career Day and look forward to the next episode of this series in the future. If you have any special requests for any specific jobs you are curious about, please let us know via our Instagram at Gen Z Frenzy Podcast. Once again, Thank you for listening and have a great day.